Uh, there was nothing else at all in the whole world but football. Hello and welcome to the Triple F for another episode of The Magic Of, a show where we profile clubs from all over the world to find out about their history, culture and fan base. In this episode we'll be looking at the incredible club based in the heart of Andalusia, Sevilla FC. I'll start by giving you a brief rundown of the history of the city Seville, the football club itself, and then finish by having a chat with one of their biggest fans, who just so happens to be a Triple F regular, Robert. I really hope you guys enjoy the magic of Sevilla. That was the breathtaking Hymno del Sevilla right there. It's very unusual to hear a chant that plays out like a full song or a hymn. The closest thing that springs to mind is you'll never walk alone, but I mean that's usually cut down to size during its use on match days. The Hymno del Sevilla is always sung for its entire four minute length. When you're used to hearing repetitive chanting in football, it's great to hear something completely different and beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, now let's take a look at the beautiful city of Seville. Seville is the capital of Andalusia, the fourth largest city in Spain behind Madrid, Barcelona and Valencia. As of 2018, Seville had a population of 1,262,000 people. Seville was once historically the capital of Muslim Spain, a centre for Spanish exploration of the New World and has made a huge cultural impact throughout its history. Originally an Iberian town, it flourished under the Romans from the 2nd century onward known as Hispalis, administrative centre of the province Beatica. During the 5th century it had been controlled by the Selingi Vandals and then the Visigoths. In 711 the town had succumbed to Muslim rule. As Exvilia, it flourished as a cultural and commercial centre under the Abidid dynasty and then later the Almoravid and Almohad confederations. As the Almohad capital in the 12th century, Seville enjoyed great prosperity and ambitious building programs. 
But after the Muslim possession of Seville was ended in 1248 by Spanish Christians under Ferdinand III, the substantial Moorish and Jewish minorities were driven into exile, and the local economy temporarily fell into ruin. The Spanish discovery of the Americas brought new prosperity to the city. Seville became the centre of the exploration and exploitation of America through the Casa de Contratación, House of Trade, which was established there in 1503 to regulate commerce between Spain and the New World. For two centuries, Seville was to hold a dominant position in Spain's New World commerce. It was the site of gold and silver from the Americas, and many Spanish emigrants to the New World sailed from its keys. Seville was in fact the richest and most populous city in Spain in the 16th century, with some 150,000 inhabitants in 1588. This brilliance was fleeting, however, since Seville's prosperity was based almost entirely on the exploitation of the colonies rather than on local industry and on trade. As a result, Seville's economy declined in the 17th century, though its cultural life underwent a great flowering at the time. The painters Diego Velázquez, Francisco de Zurbarán, Bartolomé Esteban Murillo, the sculptor Juan Martínez Montañez, and the poet Fernando de Herrera are the glories of Seville and of Spain. Also, Miguel de Cervantes conceived his novel Don Quixote while he was confined in Seville's jail. In the 18th century, Spain's Bourbon rulers managed to stimulate a limited economic revival in the city. But in the 19th century, the French invasion, revolutions and a civil war halted such development. In 1847, the April Fair, an annual gala following Easter, was established. The Ibero-American Exposition of 1929 initiated a new renaissance in Seville. During the 20th century, the port was enlarged and the city revived as an industrial and commercial centre. Seville's many architectural monuments survived the Spanish Civil War in 1936-39 intact because the city was held by the nationalists throughout the entire conflict. The Universal Exposition World's Fair opened in Seville in 1992, spurring the construction of new monuments and modernisation. New roads were built as well as a train station to serve the high-speed train Alta Velocidad Española, the AVE, which connects Seville to Madrid in less than three hours. The old train station, Antigua Estación de Córdoba, was restored and is now an exhibition hall. New bridges were also constructed, as well as a theatre, an auditorium and the Congress Palace. In January of 1890, Sevilla Football Club was formed by British expatriates largely made up of owners and managers of Scottish manufacturing companies based in the capital of Andalusia, Seville. It's reported that, on the actual day of the club's formation, that coincided with the Scottish founding members' celebration of Burns Night. It's also said how they insisted on playing under association rules, that the word football must be present within the team's name, 
and how their board members must always be elected. Mr Edward Johnston from Scotland was the club's first president and happened to be the British Vice Consul in Seville and co-proprietor of the shipping company MacAndrews & Co which was responsible for the distribution of a variety of produce, one of them being Seville oranges. Hugh McColl, also from Scotland, a marine engineer working as a technical manager in a foundry in Seville, was the club's first ever captain. One of McColl's partners at his foundry, Azias White, began working as Seville FC's secretary. White sent a letter to Recreativo de Huelva, inviting them to play a match to celebrate the club's foundations. Consequently, the game on the 8th of March 1890 was the first ever official football club in Spanish history. Sevilla FC won that game by two goals to nil. In 1918, Sevilla FC competed in the Copa de España for the first time and became the first Andalusian team to reach the final round of the competition. In 1928, when the Campeonato Nacional, the National League Championships, was established, Sevilla FC was not part of the first division as they lost to Racing de Santander in a qualification match to the newly formed league. At the end of the 1933-34 season, Sevilla FC was promoted to the first division of the Campeonato Nacional. In 1935, they were proclaimed Copa del Rey champions for the first time by defeating Sabadell. They repeated this feat in 1939 against Racing de Ferrol and again in 1948 against Celta de Vigo. During this period of success, legends of the club such as Guillermo Campanal, Mariano Uceda Vadovira and Raimundo Blanco massively contributed. The club participated in two other finals but conceded defeat to Athletic Bilbao in 1955 and then to Real Madrid in 1962. Sevilla remained in the first division from the 1933-34 season until 1967, when they were relegated to the second division, a tier from which they have never been further relegated from. The 1945-46 season was one of high importance in the history of Sevilla, as it marked the first, and to date, only time in which the team was league champions. On four other occasions, the club was proclaimed a league runner-up in the 1939-40, 1942-43, 1950-51 and 1956-57 seasons. For their only league title to date, massive thanks goes to the contribution of another club legend, Juan Arthur. On the 28th of October 1956, President Sanchez Pizjuan died suddenly. As an appreciation to the deceased leader, under whose chairmanship Sevilla had won three Coppers del Rey, the fans decided that the club's planned new stadium was to be named in his honour. In the 1956-57 season, the team were Liga runners-up behind Real Madrid, ensuring qualification for the first time to the European Cup. The club needed a victory on the final day of the season to avoid relegation, but they reached the quarter-finals of the European Cup before being knocked out by holders and eventual champions, Real Madrid. In 1973, Sevilla signed their first ever black player, Gambian winger Biri Biri from Danish club Boldklubben 1901. He remained at the club until 1978 and became a court figure. In the 1974-75 season, with the Argentine Roque Olsen in charge, the club returned to the first division. 
The 75th anniversary of the club was celebrated with a variety of social events and a match against Brazilian side Santos. In 1982, the World Cup was held in Spain and Sevilla's Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan was the venue for the semi-final match between West Germany and France. Vicente Cantatori led the club to UEFA Cup qualification at the end of the 1989-90 season, with Austrian forward Tony Polster scoring a club record 33 La Liga goals. In the 92-93 season, after several months of negotiation, world-renowned Argentine Diego Maradona signed from Napoli for a fee of 7.5 million pesetas. His time at the club, however, was unsuccessful and he was released in large part due to his periodic injuries and clashes with coach Carlos Bilado. In the following seasons, Luis Aragones became manager and finished the 94-95 season with qualification to next season's UEFA Cup. At the end of the 94-95 season, despite the pleas of the club's directors, Sevilla, along with Celta Vigo, were one of the two clubs relegated from the top flight on reasons of administration provoking action from the fans. The action resulted in both Sevilla and Celta being reinstated to La Liga. These events led to an institutional instability, with the season seeing four presidents and three managers take charge. Sevilla were relegated at the end of the 96-97 season, but they returned in 1999. At the beginning of the 21st century, the presidency of the club was assumed by the popular Roberto Alez. The situation of the club was very delicate at the time. The team had dropped back to the second division in the year 2000 and the squad was weakened by player retirements and the sale of key players. The club opted for a relatively unknown manager, Joaquin Caparros, who helped the team win the second division with three matches to spare in just his first season at the helm. Sevilla claimed their first ever European trophy, the 2006 UEFA Cup final at the Philips Stadion Eindhoven on 10th of May 2006. The club defeated English club Middlesbrough 4-0 under new manager Juan de Ramos with the scoring opened by Brazilian striker Luis Fabiano. In the second half, Italian substitute Enzo Moresca scored twice to be named man of the match where Malian striker Frederic Canute finished the scoring. Sevilla opened their 2006-07 season by winning the 2006 UEFA Super Cup with a 3-0 victory over Champions League winners and compatriots Barcelona at the Stade Louis II in Monaco. The season ended with a second consecutive UEFA Cup win, this time against fellow Spanish club Espanyol at Hampden Park, Glasgow. The match went to penalties after finishing 2-all after extra time, with Sevilla goalkeeper Andros Palop saving three of Espanyol's penalties. Sevilla defeated Hatafe in the 2007 Copa del Rey final, with Canute scoring the only goal in the game's 11th minute. Sevilla finished third in that season's La Liga to qualify for the 2007-08 Champions League. As a result of these successes, Sevilla was voted as the International Federation of Football History and Statistics Team of the Year for the second consecutive season, becoming the first ever club to achieve this. They won the 2007 Supercopa de España against La Liga champions Real Madrid. The season started to derail, however, after defender Antonio Puerta suffered a heart attack in the first game of the season and died three days later on the 28th of August. Three days after his death, Sevilla then lost 3-1 to Milan in the 2007 UEFA Super Cup in Monaco. 
Juan de Ramos, the individual largely responsible for Sevilla's success, resigned as manager on the 27th of October to take the post with Tottenham Hotspur. He was replaced by Sevilla Atletico manager Manolo Jimenez. In the summer of 2008, before Jimenez's debut season as first team manager, Dani Alves and Seydou Keita were both sold to Barcelona, while Christian Poulsen left for Juventus. Despite this, Sevilla finished third in La Liga with a club record equaling 21 victories and a club record number of away victories. The 2009-10 season saw a third consecutive qualification to the Champions League. On 19th of May 2010, Sevilla defeated Atletico Madrid 2-0 in the 2010 Copa del Rey final at the Camp Nou. With goals from Diego Capel and Jesus Navas, Navas was later a World Cup winner with the Spain national team in July of that year. If you guys are enjoying what the Triple F has to offer so far, you'll enjoy our Under the Floodlights special of legendary West Ham defender Julian Dix. I'll be joined by good friend of mine and lifelong Hammers fan, Mike Stebbings, as Julian Dix goes under the floodlights. On the 14th of January 2013, after a 2-0 away loss to Valencia that left the Andalusians in 12th place, manager at the time, Michel, was relieved of his duties and replaced by Spanish manager, Unai Emery. On the 14th of May 2014, Sevilla defeated Benfica on penalties in the 2014 UEFA Europa League final to claim their third triumph in the competition. On the 27th of May 2015, Sevilla repeated as Europa League champions after defeating Ukrainian club Dnipro 3-2 in the 2015 final. In defeating Dnipro, they became the only club to have won the Europa League four times. The club returned to the Europa League final for a third consecutive time facing Liverpool in the 2016 final. After being 1-0 down at half-time, Sevilla bounced back in the second half to eventually win 3-1, with one goal scored from Kevin Gamero and two from club captain Koch. With the third consecutive Europa League title in 2016, it's hard to believe that it could get any better from there. However, in 2019, Sevilla added a sixth Europa League trophy, making them six-time champions begging the question, should we now just name the competition the Sevilla League? Currently things are looking really good for Sevilla. Coach Julian Lopetegui has them well organised in a solid and effective manner which sees them sit fourth in La Liga with a good chance of Champions League qualification for next season. Although many fans were opposed to Lopetegui's appointment due to his slightly controversial history with the Spanish national side, the future looks bright for Sevilla under his tutelage. Can you tell me what your first memories of Sevilla are? The first time you remember going to a match or seeing them on TV? Just anything sort of interesting that you can think of, really? Uh, I think it started uh, when I was a kid, when I was uh, back in school, five, six years old. Uh, I don't remember exactly when I became fan of Sevilla. I think it was in school. Uh, and I think the first game that I watched maybe was uh, yeah probably a uh, Sevilla Betis the derby, mm. and but I remember very well my first game my my first real game uh, in the Sanchez Pizjuan it was uh, Sevilla versus uh, Zaragoza uh, season uh, 2005-2006 mm -hmm. it was uh, in uh, one La Liga game it ended the uh, one one it was uh, actually. 
a great game to see. It was uh, a lot of opportunities. Uh, Zaragoza was playing also really good. And I remember Sevilla was losing 0-1 and they scored in the last minute, uh, 93 minutes. <laughs> and I was so happy because we, we got a draw because it was a game. I was, uh, it was a, a, a loss, you know, like one yeah. zero. And then in the last minute, uh, uh, yeah. it was good, good memories. Dramatic, a dramatic end. They're, they're, they're always a good feeling when, because uh, I've been to a few Arsenal games where um, I think there was a game against Norwich and we ended up winning the game 2-1 at the end or it might have been 3-2. But yeah, when you score a goal at the last minute, it's a it's a uh, great feeling. That feeling, you know, that feeling, uh, the, yeah. the emotion, the passion. Uh, also, I was with my father. I remember mm. everything about that game. And uh, uh, such a good feeling. Uh, I hope I can... Uh, sometimes I feel like, ah, uh, I wish I was... Uh, you know, uh, again in that uh, stadium for the first time because mm. I think the first time is uh, actually like uh, it's something like uh, so good, you know, like uh, because it's the first time you go to a stadium, everything is so big, you see the fans, you see the uh, people, the football players so so close because you always see them on the on the screen on the TV, and actually it's like uh, you are in a in a fairy tale, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, you are like ah, oh, it's, it's, it's such a yeah. good feeling. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to explain, man. I'm sure everybody knows when they go to their <laughs> first game. I think me, even when I went to my first game at like um, my local football team in a tiny little stadium, yeah. just remembering the feeling that I had just when you go through that alleyway, when you start to see, you know, the green grass, when you start to see the the players warming up on the pitch, that's where it's exciting. And yeah. No, you, you don't have to explain that at all. When um, when it came to sort of making the decision, because there are two teams in, in Sevilla, aren't they? There's there's obviously Betis yeah. and then there's Sevilla. W- was there ever a time that you had to sort of make a decision between the two or? No, n- not at all. Like I, the first time uh, it was like a, a lot from first sight, you know, mm. uh, I knew that Sevilla was my team. Uh, at the moment, I first uh, start to know more about football. Uh, in the city of Seville, you know, you either are from Sevilla or Betis. No, from you are not a fan from Barcelona. You're not. You're not a fan from Real Madrid. You either are from Sevilla or Betis. And I remember, I don't know. I it's just uh, it was the, the right thing for me uh, from the first moment I I, I saw Sevilla. I didn't have a, a doubt. Uh, I'm, for example, my my brother, my little brother, is from uh, Betis. Yeah. And I don't know why he uh, chose uh, chose uh, uh, Real Betis. Maybe because uh, it was a team more than uh, that the fit more fits more in his uh, profile. Uh, yeah. Maybe he wanted to, you know, like uh, uh, fight with me a little bit, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm uh, happy that I. I made that choice, but it was, I didn't have to choose. It was just, uh, yeah, Sevilla. Sevilla chose you, more or less. Sevilla chose me, yeah, totally. As an Arsenal fan, when the when the name Unai Emery gets mentioned, it yeah, it doesn't go down too well for, for Arsenal fans. But as a Sevilla fan, uh, what, what do you think of when you hear the name Unai Emery? Uh, when I hear the name of Unai Emery... I the first thing that pops into my mind is great coach and great person. 
Mm -hmm. I think what he did in Seville uh, was uh, a great job, but the total uh, uh, achievement, you know, like three Europa Leagues in a row. I think that's something that uh, nobody can do, you know, only the great coaches can do, like Unai Emery. And I remember the first time he, he signed for Sevilla. Uh, I think he has the, this kind of power, you know, the, the, the mentality that he has. Uh, he changed the team. Sevilla was uh, maybe ninth, tenth in the in La Liga. They were not playing Europa League that season. And he came. He saying that he said like we have to put Sevilla back in Europe. And three years later, uh, Sevilla won has uh, three more Europa Leagues in his uh, pocket. <laughs> I mean, what can I say about this guy? He changed uh, Sevilla history. And I had the opportunity to meet him in person. And he's a nice guy, uh, great to talk with. Uh, uh, you know, I think what he has uh, so good is uh, his mentality. Mm. He's always, he's really ambitious. He's always, he's a hardworking person. He knows uh, what to do in every moment. And I think that uh, work philosophy about working 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 we have to win we have to win i think what what makes him a, a great coach is he somebody that you would be happy with if he ever came back to Sevilla uh, uh, in the future i will be happy of course uh, i mean right now i'm really happy with uh, julian lopetegui uh, yeah. but uh, of course i have i think that uh, the relationship with nightmare in sevilla didn't end of course i think maybe 10, 20 years, maybe even uh, before, maybe five years, who knows? Uh, but I think that what uh, Mary did, I think uh, it, it didn't end, you know, like uh, he uh, left Sevilla with uh, three Europa Leagues, uh, Sevilla playing Champions League that year. I think he left really good, Seville. Mm. Of course, some people criticized, were like, ah, oh, maybe he left uh, really, he was saying that he was going to stay, you know? And then uh, when uh, PSG wanted to uh, sign him, he, oh, now I'm going to go to PSG. You know, like, mm. was a little bit of, uh, ah, I don't want to, was uh, not really honest with his uh, move to PSG. Mm. But I think he left in the right moment. You know, when you won, you win three Europa League, three, three Europa League in a row. And mm. you know that you have to kind of uh, create a new project. I think it was the right moment, and I'm I'm happy that uh, he's now doing well at Villarreal because uh, I think uh, he's a great person. Yeah, no, that's it's great to hear that because I I do think when clubs and managers when they really gel together and when that chemistry is there, it really works really well. And obviously, I think with Emery and Sevilla, that's that's perfect chemistry. That's a good example of of the right manager being at the right team. Unfortunately, it just didn't work well for, for him and Arsenal. Um, but also, you know, I do believe that, that Emery belongs in Spain. I think in Spain is probably where, where he will do his best work and where he will probably um, succeed the most. Because I think even at PSG, it just, you know, he, he achieved a, a lot of great things there and he was, you know, for the most part, very successful. But I, I think in, in Spain, that's, I think, because of his understanding of La Liga, because of his um, commanding uh, grasp, obviously, of, of Spanish, and, and the, I think he's able to just relate a lot better 
uh, over over in La Liga. So yeah, I do think he'll he'll do really well in, in Via Real. Yeah, I I think that the, what you said about the chemistry is the right word because mm. uh, I think what he had with uh, Monchi is something that is uh, happening the same with Lopetegui. I think the, I think you have to uh, get used to the philosophy of the club. For example, I don't, I think what he felt at Arsenal is that was not uh, matching the, the the working style. Maybe his uh, way of living uh, or way of uh, working, uh, whatever, with Arsenal philosophy, you know, he's a Spanish, uh, he has another culture. And sometimes I feel like uh, there are some coaches, like, for example, Pep Guardiola, that Pep Guardiola, he can adapt to every team, to every uh, country, to a, to a different league. But there are specific uh, uh, managers that are for certain uh, leagues, certain countries, for example, uh, let's say, uh, Lineker, I don't know. Lineker, <laughs> he fell at, at Valencia. I think he maybe, I don't know how, how is he doing in England. For example, David Moyes. David Moyes, mm. I think he's a guy that can only succeed in, in, in England. Uh, sorry, when, in Italy. when you said Lineker, do you mean um, Gary Neville? Uh, yeah, sorry, Gary Neville. Yeah, <laughs> Gary Neville. Yeah, I, I made a confused uh, mistake yeah. there. Yeah, because he was the coach at uh, Valencia, but the, yeah. then he was uh, sacked after. Two yeah. Months. yeah, well, he's never gone back into management, so I think he's just he just is not really made out for for management at all. He, <laughs> he, he's very good. Yeah. He's a very good pundit for Sky Sports, but when it comes to management, I think he's better. He's one of those where it comes to a lot of pundits. I think a lot of them are better at talking than actually doing, and it just proves how yeah. how difficult managing is. Totally, I think uh, people uh, they overestimate. How because they see uh, the, the the role of the coach, they overestimate the role of the coach, and we because they see oh this is easy we have to substitute for example Ozil but for Shaka and yeah. put maybe a, a another winger for example let's put uh, uh, Martinelli mm-hmm. and people think they for example right now that you are uh, watching Arsenal on a regular basis yeah. you might think uh, okay William is playing really awful. Why not play another guy, for example, Pepe Martinelli? Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, Arteta is uh, still putting William. I don't know. And the mm-hmm. thing is, like, people think uh, that they know better than the coach. And I, th- yeah. I, I think people overestimate the, the role. And I think it's really complicated. It has a lot of things to do also in the mind and not just tactics. And yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And there's a stance I always try to take is that, you know, us as fans, us as supporters, we're really not qualified when it comes to to making decisions that the manager can make. And it's the manager that has got to that position because of his experience, because of his expertise, because of the, the absolute knowledge and the skill that that man has in the game that they're able to to make those decisions and they're able to take that responsibility responsibility on their shoulders but when it comes to you know dave down the pub on twitter (laughs) he's the one that (laughs) unfortunately makes a lot of noise and says that you know why is he playing william there when it should be blah 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 Mm. and at the end of the day we're just fans and we should just stick to being fans. But yeah, I think any manager, even when they struggle, even when they have difficult times, 
um, we should really appreciate how hard it is for, for managers to, to do the job they do. On to the fun part. So your top five favourite ever Sevilla players, Robert? Well, uh, it was difficult to choose uh, only five. Uh, to be honest, uh, there were uh, a lot of players that uh, have uh, captivated me during the, uh, my 24 years so far. And uh, I will say maybe uh, the first one, uh, most favorite player of all time from the CBFC is uh, Frederic Canote. I think nice. you know Frederic Canote, played for <laughs> Tottenham for a few years. I do, I do. What he did uh, was unbelievable. Uh, he was a key player during the, that uh, important team uh, between 2006 and 2010. You know, they won uh, two Europa Leagues, one European Super Cup, one Spanish Super Cup, one Spanish Cup, and uh, two Spanish Cups, sorry. And uh, they also became the uh, best team in the world, uh, according to the uh, an institution, the, the statistic, international history statistic of football, something like that. I don't know the, yeah. the exact name. Mm. Uh, so I think uh, he, he, he has, he, but apart from that, he was, he was a good player, but apart from that, he was also a good person. He, mm. he uh, organized a, a charity match uh, for uh, in order to get money for uh, for NGOs and for uh, uh, children in Africa, yeah. I think his uh, human uh, work is as a human, you know, like uh, helping uh, poor kids, uh, helping people in Africa, uh, organizing charity match, uh, everything. I think that, that part uh, was really strong, and uh, yeah. I think that that's the reason. I think is my fo- most favorite. Uh, player in the, in the history of Sevilla. Excellent. I mean, um, when, like you say, obviously I am familiar with his name because of his his ties to um, to Tottenham, um, but he also had a stint at West Ham, I believe. And I think with his time at in the Premier League, um, I think, you know, he, he had a really good time and a really good stint at Tottenham. And I think he played quite well for, for West Ham, but I don't think it's anywhere near the kind of level and the the kind of um, legacy that he left at Sevilla. Because I think at Sevilla, like you say, he's, he's a complete and utter legend. And, you know, maybe it was at Sevilla, maybe it was in La Liga where he was able to really sort of make his mark and become and be... The, the incredible player that, that he was. I, I totally agree. I think uh, when he came, he was uh, maybe 30 years old. He was an experienced player, but uh, I think uh, he changed Sevilla history. Uh, he scored so many goals. Uh, he was uh, scoring at least 15 goals per season. Uh, he so, was also good at assisting. Uh, he was uh, a captain uh, in the... Uh, a captain, one of the key players in the dressing room. Uh, I mean, uh, he, his history of Sevilla, and uh, I'm, 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 uh, I will describe him in one word: legend. Atención al contraataque de Sevilla. Navas con Ute Negredo para Golazo de Canute. El contraataque del Sevilla. Negredo para Canute y gol de Canute. Segundo tanto de Sevilla. Sevilla tiene pólvora, Negredo, Canutelo y Fabiano. Tiene muy buenos delanteros, creo.
He's, uh, he, he made his debut for Sevilla with uh, 16, 17 years old uh, back in 2004, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, 2004. And uh, what he did, uh, he played more than uh, 12 seasons with Sevilla. He played uh, three, four years with uh, Manchester City. Uh, but his history of Seville, he's, uh, he played so many games. Uh, he we, we saw how Jesus Nava grew, uh, you know, he was a little kid. He was uh, playing with the first team when uh, he was 18, 19 years old. He became more and more important uh, and uh, he became captain. And when he was at his best moment, uh, well, I think his best moment was in 2010 when he won the World Cup with Spain. He won. Uh, I think two or three years later, after his uh, maybe his best moment, he left uh, Sevilla to join Manchester City. I think he made the right decision because uh, a player like him he wanted to play big games. You know, he wanted to become more important in a uh, in a big team, play another, uh, try to get a different challenges in life in football. Mm. And he came back uh, three years ago, four years ago, uh, mm. and uh, he—you can see right now—he lift, uh, he lifted the, the trophy of uh, the, the last Europa League. Mm. He's the captain of Sevilla. He's the—he's he's the, the captain and the Mr. Sevilla, almost. Mr. Sevilla, right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think the, the I, I can I uh, right now it's uh, I don't have anything more to say about Jesus Nava than uh, Mr. Sevilla. Right? Yeah. Uh, do, do you think he ever had the opportunity or the chance to go to like a big club in um, in La Liga in Spain? Right. Was, was there ever the opportunity to go to, say, a Barca or Real? Um, yeah. I think so. I think Real Madrid wanted him uh, mm. because you know uh, Sergio Ramos was is a good friend of Jesus Nava. They were uh, together in the with the, the juniors of Sevilla. Mm. Uh, but Ramos left really young, with 18 years old. Nava stayed, uh, mm. and I think uh, during some years, uh, teams like Real Madrid wanted him because mm. uh, he was, uh, you know. Uh, the perfect uh, right winger for for a team, you know, the, the player uh, capable of uh, uh, crossing the ball all the time, uh, making assists. Uh, and I think Ramadi wanted him, but he decided to stay at Seville. I think he's the kind of guy he, he doesn't want to leave his uh, his city, his family. Uh, he didn't want to play for the national team uh, during his uh, during the first. Uh, few years of his uh, professional career because he wanted to he didn't want to leave his family mm. I think he had like a kind of a problem of I don't want to leave my family I don't want to uh, travel that uh, postponed his debut for the national team I think mm. he made his debut in 2009 when he was already 23 years old and I think that was the main reason why he didn't leave uh, he didn't leave for a team like Real Madrid and when he got the chance to join Manchester City, I think it was uh, the right decision for Sevilla, the right decision for City. I think the Sevilla wanted to get some money to build a new project. Mm. 
to get uh, because at that moment they needed to sell things like Negredo Navas and try to uh, buy uh, five, nine, ten players uh, really at a really low cost. Yeah. And the decision was worth it because Sevilla at the end of the year won the Europa League in uh, mm-hmm. 2014. And yeah, I mean, uh, I think he he made the right choice. And I um, but I still think that he could have been one uh, club man. You know, mm. there are some players like, for example, uh, Messi, Steven uh, Gerrard, Steven Gerrard, uh, John Terry. John Terry, there are one club uh, men, and yeah. I think Navas could have been one of them, but I mean, he left for City. Uh, mm. But may- maybe it was out of respect as well that he, instead of going to Real Madrid or Barcelona, because he didn't want to play for a, a direct competitor, um, uh, uh, a, a direct competitor against Sevilla. Uh, maybe it was a little bit out of respect that he, you know, he decided to go to a completely different league and to, to play for City altogether. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think uh, he didn't want to uh, play directly against Sevilla, you know, like if he joins Real Madrid, he joins Barcelona, he will become a, a rebel from uh, Sevilla, you know. Mm. And I think uh, that was probably one of the main reasons why he didn't sign for Real Madrid. He loves Sevilla and he would never uh, try to be a rebel for Sevilla. Although uh, they both played City and Sevilla in Champions League mm. in the season 2015-2016. Uh, yeah. Navas played us oh, really good. They won uh, <laughs> uh, 3-1 in the Sanchez B1. Uh, yeah. Namas, I think that he made two assists, and I was like, I was like, oh man, really, really. <laughs> well, do, do you think if he scored, do you think he would have celebrated? No, of course not. Uh, he's he's a Sevilla. Apart from a Sevilla player, he's a Sevilla fan. He he yeah. is always saying that Sevilla is his life. Uh, mm. Sevilla FC is uh, everything in his life. He mm. cannot live without Sevilla. And even when he was in Manchester City, he was always asking his uh, teammates, oh, how is uh, Sevilla going? Uh, is uh, Sevilla win? Because there were some games. Play- mm. Manchester City was playing at the same time than Sevilla. And uh, sometimes if Nava was playing at that moment, he was like, how is uh, Sevilla doing? Is, uh, are they winning? <laughs> you know, and yeah. I think that that says so much about a player, you know. Jesus Navas! Brilliance from Sevilla! Look at that pass! That's beautiful. It's textbook. Sevilla, no chance for Saint Iga. Wonderful providing, wonderful finishing. Number three, uh, I will say uh, Luis Fabiano. Uh, Luis Fabiano uh, of Fabuloso. He was he's a Brazilian striker. He played for uh, the Brazilian national team for a few years. And uh, I would say I never be, I never seen uh, another strike like him. He's uh, pure quality. He's a top quality uh, player. He's really good at finishing. Uh, ah, he was uh, the beauty. In uh, it was like uh, so. It was uh, the kind of outstanding player to see. Was uh, probably the best striker I ever seen with Sevilla FC. Yeah, uh, I think he has 
is the perfect striker. He's good with the headers. He's good uh, at making. Is uh, uh, good with free, with free kicks, with penalties. He's good with the right foot. Good with left foot. Uh, it was uh, also the, the way he scores a goal. Uh, top uh, the finishes. Uh, uh, he was a, a striker with the. Uh, it was really clinical, and he scored at least 15 goals per season. Servicio, Luis Fabiano, la posibilidad viene el disparo. Goal! De Sevilla. And um, number four. Number four, I will say uh, Antonio Porta. Antonio Porta. Uh, I think it's probably one of the most important players in the history of Sevilla. Maybe he didn't uh, have the chance to play that much with Sevilla because he died uh, at the age of uh, 22. Oh, wow. He had a he had a heart attack uh, during the game Sevilla Getafe mm. in the year in the year 2007 uh, 2007 mm. against Getafe. Uh, I mean. It was a total shock in the city of Sevilla, in the club. I think after the death, uh, the team was not the same. You know, mm. it was uh, it was a, dr a dramatic loss uh, in, the, in the in the club. He was uh, a talented player. He was playing for the national team. He had a great future ahead. And the way he died, uh, I think, changed Sevilla history. Mm. I think uh, thanks to his death, Sevilla became more stronger than, uh, than ever. He, they fight, you know, Sevilla has to fight the, 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 uh, the feature of uh, fighting until the end. Mm -hmm. that, that spirit of fighting until the end, I think is the spirit of Antonio Puerta. Yeah. Every game is uh, dedicated to Antonio Puerta. I think uh, that bit of luck that Sevilla has in the last minutes in the, in the crucial games, I think it's because of the force of the spirit of Antonio Puerta. And every game, uh, the players know uh, we have to do this because of Antonio Puerta. And I think that's the spirit of Sevilla, fighting until the end, fighting for Antonio. That's good, man. That's that's a very nice um, and powerful message to hear. So that's that's brilliant. Este le devuelve el esférico al de los Palacios. Ahí está Jesús Navas, la va a meter en el área. Segundo palo. Ahí está Puerta, le pega a Puerta. Gol! 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 Del Sevilla. Rumbo Indoven. Camino Indoven. Camino a la final. Suena el Sevilla. Marca un canterano. Qué golazo. Ruge Nervión. Se cae el Sánchez Pijuán. Antonio Puerta. Can I guess who your number five is? Uh, well, I'll let you guess. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it Jose Antonio Reyes? Uh, no, it's not. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately not. I mean, oh, okay. I was uh, I was thinking of uh, including Antonio Reyes, but uh, yeah, I have to make a list of five players. Yeah, and uh, I think Reyes could have been a six. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll let you off for that one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, I'm I'm saying uh, my top uh, five uh, player is uh, a current player of Sevilla. 
Mm -hmm. I decided to include him because, uh, I mean, I'm in love with this player. He's, uh, he's probably one of the best center backs in the world right now. Mm -hmm. he's, sort of, he's only 23 years old and he does things like I never seen before. He, 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 he's a center back and he plays like a right back as a winger. He is real offensive. He has uh, impressive uh, technical skills and also uh, physical skills. He's the, oh, uh, I'm what can I say? You, I'm guessing you're talking about Jules Kunde. Yeah, you are totally right. <laughs> I mean, in my 24 years of, uh, of, of as a Sevilla FC fan, I never seen a, a centre back like Kunde. Mm. I think he can be whatever he wants. Uh, mm. he, right now, I, I I don't have a doubt. He's probably one of the best centre backs in the world, maybe top five best centre backs in the world. And I think in the future he can become maybe the best. He can become the next uh, Sergio Ramos, the next uh, Baran. Mm. And uh, I'm happy he's uh, playing for Sevilla. He's, he's also the kind of guy he has. Uh, he has a good attitude. He doesn't think he, he's good. You know, he's really humble. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, that's the reason I, I'm putting him in the fifth, uh, fifth position. If he were to go to a Real Madrid or a Barcelona or another sort of top team outside of, of Spain would you yeah. would you blame him for that would you be angry I mean uh, I, I, I won't blame him I mean if he joins Real Madrid maybe a little bit but <laughs> I mean I, I think he he will probably join another team in Europe maybe Bayern München maybe Manchester City and uh, of course if he signs for Madrid I won't be happy because uh, Real Madrid is a uh, it's an enemy of Sevilla. Mm. It's a rival for Sevilla, um, but I think uh, it's, a, it's just a matter of time. It's going to uh, be sold. Of course, he's not going to live for uh, sixty million or seventy million. He's going to be sold for eighty million at least. Mm. And if he is sold for the right amount, uh, let's say eighty million of uh, euros, I will be happy because it's a lot of money. Of course, we are selling a good player, but I mean it's eight. 80 million, 80 million euros. That's uh, that's uh, a lot. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how much was he bought for? They bought him. They bought him for 25 million euros. Wow. It was it was not cheap, but I mean, no. Uh, it's I cheaper than 80 million sell, though. If you sell it for that. <laughs> yeah, that for sure. But. And uh, th th that says a lot of uh, a lot about Monchi, mm. his uh, eye of uh, yeah. Uh, Which club was he bought from then, Kunde? Uh, Girondin Bordeaux. Oh, okay, Bordeaux. Sorry for my, sorry for my, <laughs> sorry for my pronunciation. I don't <laughs> know if uh, you're French. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say French, Bordeaux. Yeah. Bordeaux is fine. Then. <laughs> Bordeaux. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's better than mine. <laughs> um, so I think you've mentioned it already, but like you're really happy with with Lopetegui. But what? Uh, let's try and talk a little bit about more about that. I mean, what would your sort of current assessment of him be, um, and why? Uh, so far, excellent job. Uh, mm. I mean, he's the right uh, uh, coach for Sevilla. He has a good chemistry with uh, Monchi, with the club. Mm 
I think uh, what he has done uh, so far is uh, nine nine out of ten. I mean, I won't put a ten because the ten is uh, winning La Liga, for example. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he he has showed that he's a great coach because some people have uh, had doubts when uh, Sevilla signed him. Of course, uh, you know that he was sacked uh, one day before the start of the. Uh, World Cup. Uh, mm -hmm. He was the coach of uh, the national team of Spain. He was sacked when, because uh, one day before the World Cup, and he was sacked because he signed for Real Madrid during the World Cup. Mm. Yeah. And then people and the, yeah, people thought that it was not the right moment to to sign a contract for Real Madrid. And I think uh, ninety percent of the people, apart from Real Madrid fans in Spain, hated him. I was included. And, but when he signed for Sevilla, uh, he showed he was uh, a great coach uh, with a really ambitious and the, the kind of coach that during the game is able to adapt to different situations. So if the team is losing, he knows exactly what to do. His, uh, his plan, his strategy is always ahead of the other coach. And I think that, what he, what, that is what he makes uh, him a great coach yeah. the way he changes uh, the game sometimes because you know there are some uh, teams that are 0-0 zero, zero and they don't do anything or uh, teams that are winning 1-0 and they don't do anything but Lupetegui you know uh, knows what to do mm -hmm. in, the, in every moment of the game he controls every moment and I think he's improving on that uh, every game is showing that he's learning from the mistakes that he adapts to the rival, to the other team. And uh, I'm actually really grateful of everything that he has done so far. And I'm really excited to uh, the next three, four years with Julian Lopetegui being. Yeah. If you had to sort of describe his playing style, because obviously, I mean, Guard Guardiola, we know what playing style he has, you know, the tiki-taka kind of style. And then mm. Jurgen Klopp has that heavy metal, you know, very aggressive, high-pressing um, style of football. What if, if you had to kind of describe Lopetegui's style for, for Sevilla, what would you, what would you say? Uh, I don't think that there's like a, a exact word. I would say uh, football, good football. Yeah. Uh, because uh, he knows uh, how to defend in deep block when the teams need to defend in deep block. But Lopetegui is the coach that uh, wants to play high pressure, uh, that they want to, uh, when every time uh, Sevilla loses the ball, they want to get the ball as fast as possible. Uh, the last few games, I think uh, Sevilla has been, uh, can be Sevilla's uh, football can be described in uh, fast, uh, fast football, you know. Uh, touches, they touch the ball really fast. They uh, try to go really direct to the. They are really direct. They want to score a goal as fast as possible. Yeah. But I, I think it's a it's a mix. It's not like uh, direct football. It's not tiki taka. It's a mix. Uh, some some part of the game, the team is more slow. They want to give more the possession. Sometimes mm -hmm. they increase the pace. And I think that's what makes Sevilla a strong team. They always yeah. compete. They always, uh, uh, they are really solid. I think that's, uh, maybe that's the word. I would say uh, solid. 
Do you think it's possible or realistic to ever expect Sevilla to to win La Liga, or I mean, or even the Champions League? Is that something that you think might even happen? Uh, I have, I have faith. I have faith. Mm. Uh, I think this year could have been the year of La Liga. Of course, this year Sevilla is not that far ahead from Barcelona, Barcelona, Real Madrid. I mean, they are just one po- one point behind. Real Madrid and one point behind Barcelona. I mean, mm. they are together with Real Madrid and Barcelona, competing with Real Madrid and Barcelona. That's actually good. But this year, Atletico has been impressive. Like, mm. uh, I mean, it's just uh, disappointing because mm. uh, this year could have been maybe the year because I see Sevilla more solid than Madrid and Barcelona right now. But uh, who knows? Maybe in the future... Uh, Sevilla can uh, try to aim for La Liga, uh, but I think it's really difficult. I mm. would say that it's more. I think it's more possible the Champions League. I think yeah. the Champions League, with uh, of course in the Champions League, you have to play the best teams in Europe. Mm. But I, I think in the Champions League, I think the the referees uh, are more neutral. You know, I mean the. The, in Spain, I feel like sometimes Real Madrid and Atletico they they always uh, get got get some help from referees' decision mm. from the bar decisions, and teams like Sevilla they don't they don't have that much luck with referees and bar decisions. And I mm. think in Europe, I think that everything is more neutral. I think, uh, yeah, uh, and I think I hope. They in one or two years, I think right now it's not a possibility to win the Champions League or La Liga. Maybe they can uh, end second or third in La Liga. Maybe they can uh, get into the quarterfinals, semifinals of Champions League. But I think right now I have to be optimistic, but also realistic. And I think right now uh, Champions League is still really difficult. But yeah. Maybe in two years. Who, yeah. who knows? Football is football, my friend. Yeah. Everything absolutely. can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. That's that's the best way to put it. And that's why I have hope with Arsenal and get, you know, eventually winning the, the Premier League again. But anyway, that's another story. The um, I suppose the hope that uh, you could possibly have as a Sevilla fan is that you, in your, your long, rich history, you've done really well in cup competitions. Because I've noticed as well in, in your Copa del Rey, you've, you know, yeah. throughout your history, you've, you've won quite a few of them as well. So maybe just, yeah. just in cup competitions, Sevilla's really made for, for competing really well in a cup and in a, in a tournament. And the Champions League at the end of the day is a cup, is a tournament. So who knows, man? Fingers crossed. Um, that it that it might actually happen for you. I hope. I mean, the, this year they are playing uh, against Barcelona in the semi-final. Uh, they mm. are just uh, three games ahead of the title of uh, the Copa del Rey. Mm. I mean, if they win against Barcelona, there is a high chance Sevilla mm. can win this year the Copa del Rey. And I mean, I think uh, it's a possibility. Uh, you know, there is a lot of chances. This yeah. year to win the Copa Rey. I don't want to jinx it, you know, like, uh, <laughs> no. uh, but uh, I have faith. I have faith in yeah. this year Copa Rey. I have faith in doing something important in Champions League. And I 
I have faith that we will end at least in the first uh, four positions in the La Liga this year. There was nothing else at all in the whole world but football.